Pip and I have just returned from a short family holiday um, at Arthur's Pass, just a few days. Uh, and it's interesting to observe in a family situation how culture is established and how influence is exerted. Uh, in fact, sociologists have taken this a step further to try and find out how often a small but very committed group of activists can affect social change. And some studies say that you need 25% of a population. Others, 10%. And still other studies have shown that only if you have a committed group of only 3.5% of people, you can change the values and attitudes of a whole society. Since we've just had Waitangi Day, uh, here's an example from our own history. It took about 15 years for Christianity to be accepted by the Māori people after the missionaries first arrived in 1814. But sometime in the early 1830s, there was a tipping point, and very large numbers embraced Christianity. And it was often because a small number of very committed Māori evangelists, not missionaries, Māori evangelists, spread the good news of Jesus among their own people. And so today, I want to explore how the Christian gospel propagates and can transform a given society and our role in that. So let's begin with Matthew chapter 5. We just heard it, where Jesus declares that we are to be salt and light. And he addresses the question of how we are to live and how the church itself should be conducted within a given culture. But first, think about the following examples. Some churches think of themselves as gas stations, where Christian believers are refueled for their life and witness, which takes place largely outside the church within society. Other churches think more of themselves as hermetically sealed Christian subcultures, uncontaminated by the evils of the world, shining Christ's pure light amidst the darkness of society. These two understandings represent extreme views. So where do you think St. Barnabas fits on the spectrum? Within the community, the wider community, or outside of the community? Let's look now at the passage. Reading from verse 13, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So, Jesus uses the twin metaphors of salt and light, but how do they work? What exactly did he mean? In ancient times, salt was mainly used for two things, as a preservative and as a flavouring agent. There were other uses, but I'm going to focus on those two main ones. Salt, of course, was rubbed into meat to stop it from going off, and it was also added to food to enhance flavour, just like we do today. The meaning behind the light is contained in the story. 
A Christian is to be like a lamp placed on a lampstand, giving light to the whole house. The light illuminates. It reveals the true nature of things. And it enables normal and right living to take place. Imagine trying to live a normal life in the darkness of a cave. So we're being asked by Jesus to be salt and light. We're being asked to preserve society, to flavor society, to shine out from within our society with the virtues and the truth of God, to make our society a better place by virtue of our style of life, our goodness, and our conduct as Christians within society. To be conspicuous and to take a stand with confidence. Now, there are a number of things about salt and light that are worth considering. Both salt and light need to be in close proximity in order for them to cause an effect. Salt needs to come into intimate contact with food. It needs to be in the food in order to affect the food. And of course, it's the same for light. Light needs to be close enough to shed light on a given situation. Now, this is a call for Christians to actively shape and influence society by being intimately involved within society. Did you know that this was your call as Christians? To make a difference within our community. To change our culture and to shape the values of our society. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's me and that's you. We often talk about Jesus being the light, don't we? In fact, many of our songs said that this morning. But the way Jesus does this is through us, his people. We are to actively pray for, to live for, to work for, changing our society for the better. That's revolutionary. So how do we do that? Earlier I gave two extreme examples of how this has played out in the history of the church. Some have developed a vision of the church as a refueling station, helping people to be the salt of the earth out there in the community. But this vision emphasizes individual witness at the expense of the corporate life of the church. That's the weakness of that vision. Others have developed a vision of church as a hermetically sealed community being the light of the world, showing how a microcosm of a fully Christian society should look like. And this emphasizes the corporate witness at the expense of the individual being a Christian within the community. Do you see those two distinctions? In fact, in the United States, there are mega churches and you go and have your breakfast there. You attend church. Afterwards, you have your lunch there. You go to the bookshop. You go and serve in a church ministry. And you could spend your entire life in the confines of that church and never really come into that much contact with people who are not Christians. That's just one example of how this might play out um, in a real-life example. But... What I want to emphasize is both of these are actually quite good models as far as they go. But they need to be taken together. I really believe that we should be both salt and light. 
We need to be a refueling station. We need to equip our people to be disciples of Jesus in the world so that by virtue of our ethical and radiant lives, we make a difference to the tone and the decisions and the values of our culture. But we also need to be like a lamp shining and illuminating an entire house, our whole church family made up of all of us, needs to be known as a church who practices the fullness of the Christian gospel, where people learn how to live the good life, where we learn how to love our neighbor as ourselves, where we learn to forgive and to practice mercy and to stand up for the weak and powerless and against injustice in our city and nation. So do you see how Jesus is calling us to influence our culture by being both salt and light. Salt is about church members being intimately involved within our community in a whole variety of ways, through work, through leisure, all kinds of ways. And light is about our church family, St. Barnabas. Oh, that church on Fendleton Road. Yes, they're an incredible group of people. They uh, look how they live, look how they love one another. And to stand out and shine out with the love of Jesus. And when that happens, people will say, uh, we'll see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. That was Jesus' vision. In other words, as we are both salt and light, we will make a tangible difference to our culture. We will carry forward the kingdom of God. We will change one person and then one family and then one street and then one neighborhood and then one community and city and nation. And that's a huge but exciting vision. And that's Jesus' vision. Now, at this point, some might be asking now, just hold on. You're getting ahead of yourself. Preachers often do. Can we really make a difference to our society? I wonder how many feel that way this morning. Um, how many have given up on our society? I wonder. We see the stats, the growing number of nuns. You know, the nuns are those who don't take any faith, any religion at all in the census. That is to say they have no faith in God and we feel the effect of so many people have lost faith in Christianity and have left the church. I meet them all the time. They're good people but somehow they've lost their faith. Maybe some of them haven't lost their faith, they've just lost their faith in the church. There's a whole variety of, of reactions out there. And we meet them in our work, in our families, you meet them all the time, those who have in some way or other lost their faith in God. And we sometimes ask ourselves, well, this, this is pretty close to being a lost cause here. Everything's going down. Well, this morning I want to say, no, it's not a lost cause. I believe that in God there is so much hope for our world. I believe that we can still be salt and light. I believe we can still call our culture back to faith in the living God. Now, the powers of darkness, of course, whisper to us that people, well, people don't really change. That God is not that great. He's, he's okay, he's good, he's not that great, though. That we should just hunker down and just survive in our little Christian community. That's what the enemy says. That's what the enemy wants us to believe. Don't put yourself out there. No, just, just keep it tight. We'll be right. 
But we must not listen to this lie. We must hold our heads up and be pleased and grateful that Christ has called us to be his own and he has set his love upon us. And because he has done so much for us and because there is so much hope in gratitude, we must be salt and light in our community. Tonight is the 2020 beginning of Antioch, our young adult congregation, 7 p.m. Sunday night. Little push there. And although toward the end of last year, congregation numbers continued to be quite encouraging, those who were directly involved in Antioch were getting quite fatigued. And I wondered how it would all play out this year. Well, by God's grace, Joe Cotton stepped up and is providing value, valuable leadership. We have a new and sustainable pattern of music and worship, thanks to some brainstorming and creative thinking that took place quite independently of me. And there are new people who are praying about getting involved. And it very much feels like we could be uh, on the verge of a new day. But the reason that Antioch is so important is because it provides a focus for young adults who don't normally consider attending church on Sunday mornings. They're not connected to church families. Also, because Antioch is a distinct Christian community with its own culture and style, and because we have many young people who visit, they pop in all the time looking for a church community to belong to. This is a very fertile mission field, I must say. So the reason I'm excited about Antioch is that it's a community of Christians and seekers and we can learn how to be salt and light and we can influence our community and we can help change the destiny of our country. That is the call God has placed on St Barnabas, on life streams and on Antioch. We are called to be salt and light. First of all, to be the change we want to see ourselves in our own lives. And then to work towards it for the wider community. On the very last meeting of Antioch last year, we're all ready to breathe a huge sigh of relief. But a young woman, never met her before, never seen her in the life before, she walked into Antioch and attended the service. She was about 20 and had been meaning to link up with the church for some time. She told me that after the service. She was welcomed warmly and stayed on afterwards for fellowship and supper. Several of our young adults moved towards her and introduced themselves to her. I hope to see her again tonight and encourage her and help strengthen her faith and her sense of belonging. Isn't that important? That sense of belonging. But there are so many other young people like her. A solemn mandate has been laid upon us to welcome and to encourage. We need to be salt and light to those ones and salt and light to the world. Will you join me in this endeavour in 2020, wherever God happens to call you? Nigel, please lead us in prayer.